old man when I read these new conspiracy theories. I just tell him like, eh, when I hear them out there. Just hear these people out there just like, just like, don't get the vaccine. They're trying to spy on you, don't get the vaccine. I just sit home like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you feel your phone? They're already listening to you, okay? That's been over for decades. Uh, what, you think they faked a global pandemic? So what, your thoughts, your rotator cuff a little bit clearer? Are you ready? Thank you once again, everyone, and welcome back to Things You're Not Supposed to Talk About with Louis G. That is me. And today's podcast is going to be about conspiracy theorists on things you're not supposed to talk about. We're going to talk about conspiracy theorists because people want to talk about them, right? But they don't know how to do it. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. Oh, your conspiracy theory is bullshit. Oh, yeah? Well, your factual theory is bullshit. I, you know, I mean, it doesn't make any sense, right? You can have that conversation all day long. If you wanted to, you can go back and forth. Uh, uh, some people do. And they never stop and it becomes a circular argument and things get silly. And that's where we come in, right? When things get silly, that's where we can come in. So we, 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 we whittle all things down to the ridiculous here. Uh, we are an axiom uh, kind of show. We axiom everything down. Uh, we go ahead and bring everything to its closest denominator. And that's what we're going to do right now by telling you what a conspiracy is. Well, what is a conspiracy? Everybody thinks they know, but let's define that in a Louis G way, okay? So a conspiracy is a secret plan or agreement between two or more individuals or groups to carry out an illegal or harmful act. It typically involves secretive and often illegal actions taken to achieve a particular goal, often one that is harmful or disruptive to society or specific individuals or groups. Conspiracy theories, on the other hand, are unfounded and often speculative ideas about conspiracies that are often based on incomplete or misleading information. They can sometimes have a negative impact on society by spreading misinformation or causing people to distrust legitimate institutions or sources of information. All right. But here's a real rub on conspiracies. You have to have a better option or it's not a conspiracy. Huh? Let that sink in for a minute, right? If I tell you this, that, and the other thing about COVID-19 and you say, man, that is a wicked, stupid conspiracy theory. Where'd you come up with that? And I go, well, what's your theory? And you go, it's, it's, just, it's, just a, it's just a flu, man. I go, that's it? That's all you got? And you go, yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Well, where's your proof that it's just a flu? Well, I don't need any proof that it's just a flu. I've got the contagion in me. I've, got, I've been sick already. I know what the flu feels like. It's the flu. That's not good enough for most people. It's not good enough. So, hence, we have conspiracy theories. All right. Uh, it's an option, right? That's what it is. A conspiracy theory is an option. Those who are calling it a conspiracy are doing so not because their idea is a better option, but because it is the only one someone wants you to hear. How about that? Okay. So what is a conspiracy theorist? Well, you would think that would be easy. A conspiracy theorist is a person who believes in and promotes the idea that there is a secretive, often sinister plan or plot by a powerful group or organization to achieve a certain outcome that is hidden from the public. Uh, they often believe that this plan involves a cover-up or manipulation of information by governments, corporations, or other powerful entities. Conspiracy theorists may space their beliefs on a range of evidence, including circumstantial evidence, hearsay, or unverified information, and they often reject mainstream explanations or evidence that contradicts their views. Huh. Well, that sounds a lot like... 
what's been going on in this country for the last few years, um, where one view is uh, primarily being shown and other views are being tamped down because of loud voices. That's all. Uh, and that's been going on for a while in this country, a uh, few years now. But you, you need the contrary theory to be there. You understand, right? You have to have the contrary theory in order to have an opposing opinion. It just can't be one theory. That's not how it works. There's been several theories on gravity. That's all. And still nobody understands it 100%. Isn't that silly? All right. Uh, so what's a theory? Well, there you go. Right? We got to do this one, one piece at a time here because this is the way the show works. We do these things one piece at a time so we can explain to you one piece at a time how each piece fits together in a puzzle so we get the whole picture. That's all. All right. A theory is a proposed explanation or framework that attempts to explain certain phenomena or observations based on available evidence. In, a, in science, a theory is a well-established and widely accepted explanation that has been rigorously tested through experimentation and observation. Well, the only thing that makes a conspiracy theory different is that the word conspiracy is in front of it because it usually goes through all those rigors as well. A theory is different from a hypothesis now, which is a tentative explanation for a phenomenon or observation that has yet to be fully tested or confirmed. Now, why can't a conspiracy theory be called a hypothesis? Is it just a matter of choosing words to create a narrative that you want to either create or destroy? I don't know. You tell me. Because I've been saying on this show for the last 48 episodes that it's all about your messages and how you present them. So a theory, on the other hand, is a broader explanation of that and has been extensively tested and supported by evidence. All right. Theories can be used in various fields like science, social science, and humanities. They are often subject to modification or refinement as new evidence becomes available. But they provide a useful framework for understanding complex phenomena and making predictions about future observations. This is why scientific theory is so intriguing, because it always changes, right? You have the theory of gravity, you've got the theory of evolution, you've got, I mean, you've got so many theories out there. You've got string theory, right? You've got dark energy theory, the theory of dark energy, theories of black holes. You know, none of this is, this is all speculative. And so, a conspiracy theory is only called as such because it's given a name that's contrary, you know, to, uh, to the word theory. That's all. All right. Uh, what are the top 10 conspiracy cu conspiracies currently being spoken about in the U.S. today? Well, I asked that question and I looked them up and here's, 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 here's quite a few of them, all right? You got QAnon, uh, a conspiracy theory that uh, a secret cobble of powerful individuals are involved in child trafficking. And they're doing that to satisfy themselves and create a world order through that. COVID-19 vaccine microchipping. Uh, the belief that COVID-19 vaccine, vaccine, uh, vaccines come with a microchip uh, and is uh, being deliberately inserted into your body. Okay. 5G technology. Uh, the belief that the rollout of 5G technology is responsible for a range of health problems, including right, COVID-19. Uh, flat Earth is an interesting one. The belief that the earth is flat rather than spherical. That, I mean, I just, I can't even, uh, never mind. Chemtrails. The belief that the trails left behind by airplanes in the sky are chemicals being sprayed by the government for unknown purposes. I don't, 
I don't know what chemtrails are. I'll be honest with you. I don't even know how that theory came about, but okay. Uh, how about a new world order? That's a big one, right? The belief that a secretive global elite group is planning to take control of the world's governments and create a one world government is prevalent in our society today. That belief is prevalent. Uh, you got the Sandy Hook hoax. I don't even like to talk about that, but that's huge. And Alex Jones was part of that stupid shit. The belief that the 2012 Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting in Connecticut was a staged event with actors. Okay. Uh, the moon landing hoax. The belief that the 69 Apollo moon landing was faked and never actually happened. Why? Because people want to know if we did it in 69, how come we haven't gone back? Right? I, I, it, that's a legitimate question, by the way. Right, maybe we had better things to do. I don't know. JFK assassination. The belief that the assassination of President John F. Kennedy in 63 was not carried out by, Har by uh, Lee Harvey Oswald alone, but rather by a large conspiracy involving other individuals or groups, such as the federal government and the mafia working in collusion with each other. Huh. Look at that. I, I thought they were interchangeable statements, mafia, government, but okay. Uh, deep state. The belief that there is a secret government within the government that is controlling policies and events behind the scenes. Hmm. That seems funny. Age of reason. The industrial age. The digital age. All huge cultural moments. But today, it's easy to see that a new age has dawned. The age of bullshit. <laughs> That's right. Modern technology allows us to spread non-stop bullshit around the globe. Lately, there's been an explosion of it. And nowhere is the explosion of bullshit more obvious than the mainstreaming of conspiracy theories. Yeah. All right. There you go. That's that's what that's what they're saying. They're saying it's all a bunch of bullshit. <sighs> I don't know why everything is a bunch of bullshit until 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 it's not, but it is. I don't know why uh, people have a hard time allowing alternative ideas into their minds, but they do. Uh, I don't know why people choose to believe the one thing instead of a collective idea of many things, but they do, right? I don't understand why you would sit and read a single author, read every single book that that author writes, get that one idea, and then have that same idea throughout all the other books that you read, because that's what's going to happen. I think reading one author is silly on an idea, right? I think that one author on the subject of, of psychology is silly. Freud is silly, unless he's, he's matched with Jung, okay? So unless you start comparing somebody to something else, someone to someone else, they're silly. They're the only things that are out there. And you need the opposite idea, all right? You need the opposite idea. <clears throat> well, let's take a look at some of these, uh, these little, little theories. How about the Wuhan lab leak theory? That's a good one, right? Uh, the Wuhan lab leak theory is a controversial and unproven theory that suggests that the COVID-19 virus may have escaped from the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China. The WIV is a high security, I don't feel like saying Wuhan Institute of Virology in China. I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm going to say WIV and sound really cool. Okay. All right. The WIV is a high security laboratory that conducts research on dangerous pathogens, including coronaviruses, and is located in Wuhan, the city where the first cases of COVID-19 were reported in the late 2019. So now you can understand how someone would think it came from there, huh? Right? You know, you know if you take simple evidence and put it together, it, it, it makes something. I promise you. So if the lab that tests for coronaviruses is in Wuhan and uh, it's called the coronavirus 19, wouldn't you assume that it came from that lab? 
I mean, you don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to assume that. For somebody to call you a fool <clears throat> for assuming that is, in fact, foolish uh, and egotistical on their part. All right. Well, um, proponents of the theory argue that the virus may have escaped from the lab due to poor safety protocols or human error, while others suggest that the virus may have been intentionally released. However, there is currently no concrete evidence to support either of these claims, and the WHO, the World Health Organization, has stated that the theory is extremely unlikely and requires further investigation. Like most experts believe that COVID-19 virus likely originated in bats and was transmitted to humans through an intermediate host, possibly a pangolin, in a natural setting. The exact origin of the virus is still being studied and investigations into the Wuhan lab leak theory are ongoing. None of what I said to you is, is untrue. It is all fact. And it is the reason the conspiracy theory exists. Everything that I said to you is the reason that the theory exists for it to be out of a COVID-19 lab in Wuhan. And everything I said to you lead, can lead you to believe that it came from contact between humans and bats and a pangolin. Right? Uh, yes or no? One or the other is easier to believe. Right? Is, is it easier to believe that the COVID-19 virus came out of a lab in Wuhan where they study COVID-19 pandemic stuff and where they create COVID-19 viruses, which are extremely deadly to society? Or do you believe the other thing where it was contact between humans, bats, and pangolins? Now, all right, you have a choice to believe one or the other. One of them is a conspiracy theory and the other one is not. I'm going to tell you that the first one is actually the conspiracy theory and the pangolin one is the one they want you to believe. All right? That's all I got to say about the COVID-19 virus. How about the New World Order? What's up with the New World Order? Well, the New World Order is a conspiracy theory that suggests that a secretive global elite group is planning to create a one world government and take control of the world's government's economy and resources. Uh, proponents of this theory claim that this group, often referred to as the Illuminati, right? Yeah, is working to establish a new social, political, and economic system that would eliminate national boundaries and individual rights and replace them with a single global authority. The origins of this theory can be traced back to the late 19th century and early 20th century when some writers and thinkers proposed the idea of a one-world government to, pr to prevent future wars and promote international cooperation. However, over time, this idea has been distorted and exaggerated into a grand conspiracy theory that often involves claims of sinister plots, mind control, and world domination. Why do I put it that way? I put it that way because, A, that's the information I found. It is the way the information is presented to me. Is it all, all that, you know, my understanding of it? Yes, it is. And so I write it that way. It's very clinical. I don't need to be clinical. I can be very creative. I don't want to be. I want to be creative while I'm talking to you. This clinical stuff that I write is exactly what it's there for. It's there for me to give you other information. And so here's the most ridiculous thing um, that I could tell you, that the New World Order is a ridiculous title and that having a single world government is, is an idea that is not a ridiculous idea. It is, seems to be a ridiculous idea because governments are based on borders uh, people are based on borders. Societies are based on borders. Go, uh, governments, uh, laws are based on borders, right? Uh, but <clears throat> the new world order is not a new idea. 
Um, it's been around a lot longer than the 19th and 20th century. I can promise you that. I, I did look. Okay. It's been around for a, quite a long time, even back as far as our founding fathers and as far back as the Templars in 1123. Okay. So uh, it's been a long standing idea to bring the world together under one roof and one government. People have been doing it for a long, a long, long time. You know, Hannibal did it, right? Attila the Hun did it. Right? All of the Caesars tried it. Okay. So not, it didn't work. It's never going to work. Right. But it's worth the try. And it's still worth the try, according to most of these rich folks who are out there. You know, what if we replace the word Illuminati with a uh, World Economic Forum? Right. What if we did a podcast on that very subject, dedicated the entire 30 minutes to understanding their positions and who they were, and then lay out their plan for exactly that? What if that really happened? Because it did right on the show. Right. I read you the stuff from the uh, World Economic Forum. I read you uh, their charter, basically. And um, it describes doing exactly this. It's, it, it does. Why is that a conspiracy? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's important to note that there is no evidence to support the existence of a secretive group working towards a new world order. And most experts consider this theory to be baseless and unfounded. Yet, if you read the charter of the WEF, you will come to the same conclusions and the same ones that the conspiracy theorists come, come to. That the WEF is trying to do exactly that. The concept of a one-world government is also widely debated and not universally accepted as a desirable or feasible solution to global challenges. This is 100% true. Which means the WEF is ignoring those governments and instead of fighting them, has brought them into their fold by having a meeting once a year. Bringing them into the fold, paying for everything, lavishing these world leaders with money and, and a bunch of stuff because they can, because they have the money to do so. All right. What are some examples used as proof that there is a deep state operating within our government? So now let's see if we can find that answer. So we got to look for the examples, right? Because you can't just say, show me the examples of a deep state. That's dumb. Like You're going to get completely... The computer's going to fight you on that all day long, and I don't know why. So you've got to ask it a certain way. Uh, the concept of a deep state operating within the United States government is a controversial and unproven theory that suggests that there is a secret network of unelected government officials who manipulate policies and decisions to serve their own interests. Uh, proponents of this theory often point to several examples as proof of the existence of a deep state. Some of these examples include the Watergate scandal, right? I know that's an old one, 1971. Who cares anymore? Nobody cares. But you should care because uh, in the 70s, members of the Nixon administration were involved in a break-in at the Democratic National Convention headquarters, and it's often cited as evidence of a deep state. Proponents of the theory suggest that the Watergate scandal was orchestrated by unelected officials within the government who were opposed to Nixon's policies. That's all. And they wanted information from the DNC that they had on Nixon. Uh, how about the Iran-Contra affair? Well, the Iran-Contra affair of the 1980s in which members of the Reagan administration were involved in a secret arms for hostage deal with Iran and used the profits to fund Contra rebels in Nicaragua is also often cited as evidence of a deep state. Proponents of the theory suggest that the Iran-Contra affair was carried out by a shadowy network of unelected officials within the government. Well, I'm going to tell you, yeah. right. I'm going to tell you, Ali North, yep all the way 100 percent. i don't know why i don't know why i want to say yeah 
and you don't know why you want to say yeah either, uh, and you want some empirical evidence, and we, we probably have it in the form of non-empirical evidence that adds up to empirical evidence, it's kind of weird when that happens, right? All right, so national security leaks. Uh, the leaking of classified information by government officials is often seen as evidence of a deep state. Proponents of the theory argue that these leaks are part of a concerted effort to, by unelected officials, excuse me, to undermine the policies of elected officials and advance their own interests. Yeah, that's true. Why, why, is, that, why is that considered a, a, a deep state theory? Conspiracy theory. That's, they do it all the time. We just saw it happen uh, in, the, um, in the Supreme Court. They still haven't told us who did that, and they know who did it. I'm going to tell you, it was literally a Supreme Court justice that probably did that, and that's why they don't want you to know. That's all. Right? There's your conspiracy theory. Anytime you hear the phrase, most experts consider, you enter into the nothing-to-see-here crowd. That's right. Right? Right? So anytime you hear the phrase, most most experts consider, you enter into the nothing-to-see-here crowd. Right? This is the nothing-burger crowd. Okay? The concept of a deep state as a baseless and unfounded conspiracy theory isn't that it undermines public trust in legitimate government institutions and processes. It underlines the mistrust of the government by becoming overwhelmed with the necessity of it. That's why you have your conspiracy theories. The deep state is truly life imitating art. If you believe things no one else seems to believe, are you a conspiracy theorist? Or... Are you a scientist? Maybe you're a religious leader. I don't know. Scientific theories are explanations of natural phenomena that are based on empirical evidence, observation, and experimentation. They are subject to testing, modification, and refinement based on new evidence, and they are typically supported by a consensus of scientists in a particular field. So the theory is ever-changing. As scientists discover new things, they add it to the theory or they subtract things from the theory and add this other stuff to the theory, or the theory becomes, you know, something you can't work with anymore. It's not a theory any longer. It's a mistake. While religion and science may both attempt to explain <clears throat> similar aspects of human experience, they operate on different principles and are not typically considered to be interchangeable. I, as many people in science communication, am fascinated with flat earthers. Here you have a group of people steadfastly rejecting evidence that's right in their face. Today I want to tell you why I nevertheless think flat earthers are neither stupid nor anti-scientific. Most of them anyway. More importantly, I also want to explain why you should not be embarrassed if you can't remember how we know that the earth is round. Ooh, sarcasm, huh? You heard that? That's a scientist with a sarcastic tone. I love that. Uh, you can't you can't remember the evidence that the earth is round. <laughs> yeah. People are funny. All right. What's needed to prove a theory? So what do you need to do to prove a theory? Uh, in science, a theory is a well-established and widely accepted explanation that has been rigorously tested through experimentation and observation. Therefore, to prove a theory, a considerable amount of evidence is required to support its claims. An example of that would be da Vinci and canals. He watched the flow of water on the roads. He watched the flow of water in the streets. He watched the flow of water on the ground. And then he decided that he can take water and maneuver it and create other things from the maneuvering of the water or the changing of its direction. All right. Uh, and we still use the canal system today <clears throat> that he invented. 
So here are some key elements that are needed to prove a theory. Uh, consistent and re re uh, reproducible evidence. A theory should be supported by a significant body of evidence that is consistent and reproducible. This means that multiple experiments or observations should produce similar results. Predictive power. A theory should be able to make predictions about future observations or experiments that can be tested and verified. Falsifiability, right? A theory should be able to be falsified or disproven if it is not supported by the evidence. This means that it should be possible to design experiments or observations that would contradict the theory if it were false. So you make an experiment for the theory to fail. If the theory does not fail in that experiment, it can't be false, right? All right. You have peer review. A theory should be subject to scrutiny and evaluation by the scientific community through peer review. This process involves other scientists in the same field evaluating the evidence and arguments supporting that theory. And then finally, you've got a consensus. Uh, a theory should be widely accepted by the scientific community, meaning that the evidence and arguments supporting the theory may have been reviewed and evaluated by other scientists and found to be convincing. So even a well-established theory is not considered to be the absolute truth and is always subject to modification or refinement based on new evidence or observations. So um, conspiracy theories can defend a fragile ego by perceiving themselves and their groups as important. But a theory can do the same thing. Notice how both use the word theory. All right. Uh, conspiracy theories can rationalize any of their beliefs and actions as legitimate and are entertained through the opportunity to uncover a mystery in an exciting tale. Well, science is exactly that. An exciting tale. Like religion is exactly that. An exciting tale. Okay. Uh, so a theory is an exciting tale, whether it's a conspiracy one or not. Words are important. For instance, radicalization theories stress that extreme ideological beliefs satisfy a need for significance by making people feel important and special. All right. That's not hard. People want to feel the keyboard warriors all day long, right? People, therefore, are more likely to radicalize following experiences of significant significance in loss. For example, injustices, humiliation, like Roe v. Wade. After Roe v. Wade, there was a huge backlash a huge outpouring of anger, a huge outpouring of theories and ideas about what was going to happen. Nobody said that they were conspiracy theories. Everybody said that they were true. And none of it was true. And none of it has happened. And all of the panic was for no reason at all. And that should be called a conspiracy theory, but it wasn't. Okay. There you go. Uh, for instance, uh, let's see. Radical, uh, radical, uh, radicalization theories stress the extreme ideological beliefs satisfy a need for significance by making people feel important and special. People, therefore, are more likely to radicalize Roe v. Wade ideas. Likewise, conspiracy beliefs are associated with feeling unique and special and can hence reflect positive positively on people's self-perception, like white flagellation, Right? Like white people out there calling themselves bad, bowing down to other ethnicities, uh, kissing their feet. I've seen uh, on stools, um, uh, begging for forgiveness, uh, kneeling on one knee. Do I, I don't know what you're doing. But that kind of behavior is also a form of a conspiracy theory. All right. The flexible nature of conspiracy theories implies that people can conveniently form them about any societal institution or group, and as such, 
conspiracy theories help perceivers mentally reconstrue unhealthy behaviors as healthy behaviors. For example, justifying vaccine refusal or their use of a, or use of a vaccine by believing that pharmaceutical companies are dishonest or that they're not. And anti-government violence as legitimate. For example, justifying violent protests and legitimate resistance against oppressors like you know, BLM, Antifa, or Proud Boys. Okay? Conspiracy theories make people feel like legitimate actors by rationalizing their beliefs and behaviors. And believing conspiracy theories entertains people by making them active participants of an exciting tale. The general process underlying these psychological benefits is the potential of conspiracy theories to imbue perceivers' worldview with meaning and purpose in a rewarding manner. So, you understand the difference between a theory and not a theory. You understand how a theory is made and how an hypothesis is, is made. We've gone over all of that in this podcast. And the thing that I think is the most important is, is all you have to do now is decide which is a theory, you know, and which is not, which is a conspiracy and which is not. Which empir empirical evidence that you're using to describe either is true or which is not. And the only thing you can do that with, and you're going to laugh when you hear this one, buddy, the only thing you can do that with is faith. That's right. You got to have a little faith. Thank you, folks, for listening to Things You're Not Supposed to Talk About with Louis G. Today, had a great time with you. Appreciate you being here with me as always. Good afternoon. <laughs>